0: You know, um, it is great to go and uh, develop some long-term relationships uh, in Fiji, and uh, I haven't been able to go since the pandemic. And uh, I'm sure I'll be able to go again, probably next year. Uh, but they do such a wonderful job, and really, a large part of what they do is kind of multiplying the ministry. It's it's uh, we could do a little bit, but then when we equip and we speak into the lives of uh, the leaders and pastors that are there, then they go out and they actually do the things that that they can do way better than us and so uh, they, um, Dr. Hale and Dr. Clarence did such a great job last week, they, uh, last year, that they really kind of invited them to expand in in some of that and so we're excited uh, to hear when they come back and thank you for everybody uh, who partnered with us, who gave uh, for that mission as well. But um, this evening, you know, I had mentioned that we're starting a new series, but uh, sometimes what I've noticed is that we forget stuff. Anybody here forgot something today? Maybe that, you know, before you came? Uh, Or let's just say this, how many of you guys have ever gone to your car, uh, put something, because your hands are full, you guys ever do this, put something on the roof of your car? and then you forgot that you put it on the roof of your car and you drove away? Anybody did that, right? I've done that a bunch of times. What, what kind of things have you, you guys left on the roof of your car? Coffee? Phone? What's that? Oh, eyeglasses, eyeglasses. I, uh-huh. I've left keys, but then you can't start your car, right? So then you get the keys at least. Uh, right? I, I've left a Bible, and, and when I was driving, I heard this kind of a, I get the, the pages are, are flipping like this, and then I see this giant Bible f- fly off the back of my car, right? So I think everybody's forgotten stuff, and, and sometimes all, all different kinds of things, but what would you do if you're driving on the road and you saw somebody driving like this? Billy was driving his Chevy Cruze in Independence, Missouri, when he approached a car with a young child riding on the roof. Billy almost couldn't believe his eyes. The child, if the lady forgot that she had this child on the roof of her car, or she didn't care that she had the child on the roof of the car, I'm not sure which one is worse. But the thing is that sometimes it is crazy, right? What you can forget, right? Then, uh, and so in the same way, you know, part of it, I, I think sometimes we forget things. Uh, sometimes because we get a little too familiar sometimes you you get a, a little too comfortable there's an old saying that familiarity breeds contempt uh, but that's not always the case right because uh, fil- familiarity can bleed uh, can breed devotion. It can breed a greater sense of intimacy. But sometimes what happens is when we get familiar and we get comfortable and we forget to honor the people in our life or we start taking people for granted, then, then all of a sudden something uh, begins to grow in us that's probably not the healthiest. And, and so maybe it's at that point that we start losing a little bit of respect. We start losing a little bit of reference. This happens often in long-term relationships, but it can also happen in our faith. It can happen in our relationship with God, and so this evening we're beginning a series. I'm just calling uh, "Restoring Our Awe of God," and and, uh, and and we're looking at this thing about act- actually in this. Um, beginning of the series about what attracts God's presence. and uh, But before we uh, kind of get into that thing about what attracts God's presence, uh, I've noticed just this aspect that, that when I first became a believer, uh, I was totally in awe of God because I had no God. Prior to becoming a believer, I wasn't raised in the church, right? So when I, when I said yes to Jesus and I experienced his presence, I was like shocked that, that I could know God. It was just a, an amazing thing that I could talk to the God of the universe. And I was in such awe of God. And then after a while you kind of get a little comfortable, right? You you know we start getting a little bit maybe too familiar and and we forget that we're talking to the the one who who spoke and created the universe that that everything that you see to be honest that it, do me a favor just touch the chair that you're sitting in, right? Touch the chair that you're sitting. In. You know there's some people who say that the the physical world that it's really just physical things in in the world. But you know what the big bang theory tells us is that every Everything that was created came out of what? Nothing, right? And so would you know that before there was a physical universe, there was a spiritual world? That all that we're touching, all that, that we see is a derivative world. It, this, these things came out after the spiritual world, after God decided to create another realm, another world, a physical realm and that we get to live in. And, and so would you, we forget that sometimes, that this is the God that we serve, that, uh, that at his word that these things happen, that he brought order out of chaos, that, that at his word he, he, he split the seas. That's, this is the God that we serve. And yet he came veiled in flesh and, and walked in, uh, in our steps in Christ Jesus. And so we remember, when we remember these things, sometimes maybe it brings us back, but, but we're not the only people that have ever experienced this, that sometimes we maybe lose a little bit of that awe of God. Solomon, uh, who is often widely talked about in the scriptures as the wisest of all men, was also subject to that. That he started uh, as, a, uh, as a believer, he started in his role as a king i really kind of like the best foot that you can. Uh, the, the Lord appeared to him in a dream and he asked Solomon. Solomon, what is it that you would like? I ask me for anything and and so he asked. He said, "Lord, I'm like a child here. I I I'm totally overwhelmed to lead your 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 people. And, and and I need wisdom to do that. I don't have the wisdom. Would you give me wisdom so I can lead your people well? And it says how God was so pleased. He said that you didn't ask for money and you didn't ask for just long life. You didn't ask just so that you could get back at people who wronged you. He said that I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to give you things that you didn't even ask for like wealth and, and renown and all of these things. And God began to just bless him. right And the hard part about it is after a while, operating out of the blessings of God, he began to get deceived a little bit and start thinking that maybe all the good things that he got was because he was so smart. Maybe starting to think a little bit that he was the one that figured it all out. And, and that, so that's why God blessed him, because he was wise, right? And, and so we see some kind of a decline for him. Now, when you take God for granted, that often it leads to a distance, and, and Solomon is actually known as a, a wisest among all, all men, but he, he wrote a bunch of books, things like Proverbs, and in, in Proverbs it's, it's interesting because he actually talks about the fact that we ought to be reverent and in awe of God but sometimes, you know, you can say the thing, you can even tell other people about it, but sometimes forget to do it yourself. And, and so it says that this is what uh, Solomon said in Proverbs 9:10. He says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding like the most fundamental thing if you want to be a wise person he's saying is this fear the Lord when you when you start having this reverence and fear of God that all of a sudden that's fundamental foundational to to kind of living a wise life but he didn't apply it in his own life here's the good news though that that sometimes when you stray and you lose something like that, you forget something that you can get it back. So even though Solomon, you know, if you read his uh, about his life, you know that he had a kind of a complicated life. But at the end of the life, it seems like he recovered this awe and fear of God. And I'd like us to read uh, about that, how he reclaimed this aspect of the fear of the Lord in Ecclesiastes chapter twelve, verses thirteen. Uh, 13 to 14 and would you be kind enough let's stand in reverence for God reverence for his word and let's turn if you have a Bible you want to read out of your own Bible uh, you're free to do that and uh, if not we'll read out of uh, your notes but this is what it says verses 13 to 14. Ready? Let's read. Now all has been heard here is the conclusion of the matter fear God and keep his commandments for this is the duty of all mankind. For who is this duty? Is it the duty of the king? No, it's, it's for everybody. Everybody's duty, he says, is fear God. Keep his commands. Let's read on. Verse 14 says this. What? For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. And so even though... Solomon forgot these things toward the end of his life. He, he says, you know, to be honest, I, I, I've lived all the ways that I've, any person could live and all the excesses that any person could have. He, he practiced those things. And until he came back, he says, you know, I, everybody stands accountable before God. And, I think the biggest thing everybody needs to do if we really wanna be able to live a, a good life, really wanna be able to live a wise life, really wanna be able to be close to God is that I need to understand the fear of God and to keep his commandments. And so this evening, and for us as we're looking at this aspect of restoring our awe of God, would you do me a favor, just, just turn to your neighbor before you're seated he says, hey, we all need to stand in awe of God and then you can have a seat. We, we all need to stand, stand in awe of, God. awe of God. And you know, this stands in such stark contrast, right, to our culture today, right? That, that so often that we, we think that all fear is bad. In fact, uh, it's not so prevalent today, but uh, in a, a few years ago, everybody, you, you drive around, you would see a, a sticker in the back of trucks or the back of cars. Would, sometimes you see it on T-shirts, it would say, what? No fear. Right? And and we would think that fear is bad, that we think all fear is bad and we, we we start getting things confused and and so I think today you know like because fear we think will will hinder us in our relationships right if I'm fearful or he, fear will hinder me from accomplishing all that I should I'm supposed to accomplish and you know that kind of fear sure maybe those kinds of things can be negative but but it's also kind of bled in I think to the church where we think all fear maybe is bad maybe we think even that the fear of the Lord is something they said in the old testament but but in the new testament god doesn't want me to be fearful right because sometimes we we hear that that maybe it does say that that you know god has not given us a spirit of fear but a a spirit of power and love and of sound mind he says in first timothy or or maybe that uh we remember that perfect love casts out all fear and so people will say sometimes when we talk about the fear of the lord they say, well you know like this is that's an old testament thing but that's not what it says in the scripture. In the scripture, it says in Psalm 19.9, it says that the fear of the Lord is pure, for how long? Enduring forever. And that the decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. And even in the New Testament, it says it like this. And can we read this together in Hebrews 12 verse 28? It says this, let's read, ready, begin. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And this aspect of reverence and awe, this, this aspect of, of kind of the, this is really what the fear of the Lord is, the, of reverence and awe. And, and not being afraid of God, but Understanding the fear of the Lord is to have reverence and awe. Now, it will use definitely the word fear. They will use that word fear, but the fear of the Lord is different than a spirit of fear. And we ought not to confuse that. So don't confuse that spirit of fear with holy fear, the holy fear of God. In, in that Hebrews 12 passage, there's a couple words that are, are given to talk about awe and reverence and this aspect of respecting greatly and honoring God. And so, to be honest, if you want to understand maybe a very... Uh, a simple definition of the fear of the Lord. It's it's a difficult thing because uh, there's so many aspects to this fear of the Lord that that we can't say it, I think, in a simple sentence. We can't say it in a paragraph because we'll see this fear of the Lord is said over 280 times in the scriptures. And sometimes there's a breadth to it, but maybe a, a good way for us to begin uh, to understand it is to remember to def- to fear god is to be in awe and reverence of him right to be in awe of reverence and who are you in awe of, re- of and reverence of generally someone greater than yourself right someone Someone more powerful than you. Someone more knowledgeable than you. Someone more accomplished than you. It's to respect Him greatly. It's to give Him a a place of honor and adore Him above all else. And you know so often that um, churches, they they call our, our gathering that we are in today, what do you call that often in a church? Call it a, a service, right? You guys ever heard that? We not We tend not to use that word, because to be honest, for uh, in our culture, in church, in our church culture, um, kind of like that has been going on here in Hawaii for a while. That so many times we we spoke to the needs of people, and so sometimes to be honest, I think that people thought "service" was almost like "serve us." We come to church to be served. We come to church that you meet our needs. And, and the thing is that we want to meet people's needs. That's, that's not a problem. But you know what the, the word service actually meant in the beginning when the church would have a service? It was so that we come to serve God. And that God was the focus. And God is the one that we serve. And so when we stand and we worship, it was our worship was our service to God, right? That in the proclamation of the Word of God, it was the, our service to God. And so sometimes that got a little bit confused. And so we see this aspect that, that this aspect of, of service is this aspect of the fear of the Lord is because we, we wanna honor Him. We wanna respect Him. That there is a, a holy fear of God. It's not to be afraid of God, right? You know, when, when God says that the fear of the Lord, he doesn't mean to be afraid of him. And a person who is scared of God, you know, like literally is petrified, that doesn't want to come into God's presence, usually either has a wrong view of God or they're hiding something, <laughs> right? That's the person who doesn't wanna come into the presence of God, they usually has a wrong view of God, that God's, you know, trying to punish them, that God's trying to, you know, take something away from them, or they have something to hide. If we remember in the book of Genesis, Adam in the garden, after he's, uh, he does what God told him not to do, to eat the forbidden fruit, has actually broken creation, right? Part of the reason why life is hard, do you guys ever feel like life is hard sometimes? Because the world got broke. The world that we live in is not the world that God designed. And to be honest, part of our forebearers, uh they broke the world. <laughs> and and so when they broke it, you guys ever break something and then oh, put it back? <laughs> like, oh just kind of make it look like it's the same thing, you know, put it in the same place and, and then when somebody says, What happened? And what do you say? I don't know, right? That so uh, Adam is like that and except when God asks him, Why are you hiding Adam? he says because i was naked and ashamed and so i hid and so fear and shame and uh, that wasn't supposed to be the relationship that god wanted to have with people it, it entered the world because of this this disobedience so sometimes when people have this aspect of hiding from god being afraid of god it's it, it's it, it needs to be broken a little bit. It needs to be, that, that part needs to be corrected because God doesn't want to have a, a relationship where you're ashamed to come into his presence. Uh, that God loves you. He really does care for you. Do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and says, God does love you, right? God, He loves you right loves as you are. He does. he does. And sometimes this aspect of, of guilt and shame that that he paid that price. He paid for that price at the cross. And so, He's saying in many ways that that when he calls us, he he wants our heart to echo, Lord, when you call me, I want to come, right? So like in Psalm 27, I've said this many times before where it says, Lord, my heart has heard you call. And Lord, in my heart, he's saying, Lord, I'm coming, right? Lord, I'm coming. If you're calling me, God, I want to be there. But it uses this aspect that we come with a fear of the Lord which doesn't squelch intimacy with God. It actually fosters and enhances it. Because we know that we're coming to someone so much greater than us, so much more powerful than us, and not just us, Then whatever it is that you're, is against you right now, whatever it is the challenge that's before you, whatever it is that you see is wrong in the world today, would you know God is greater than all of that? That God's greater than all, like the, the nations, it says, are a drop in the bucket than uh, in, in His sight. that all of the things that are happening, then some of us, get, we get worried about so many things. You can be worried about climate change. You can be worried about the economy. You can be worried about like whatever the, hell, the, the situation. But God says this, I'm greater than all that. I'm greater than all that. And so he says that we, when we honor him like that, then we start to see uh, us, ourselves more clearly. We see God more clearly. And that we don't just see God through our problems. We see sometimes our problems and our challenges through God. That's what he's calling us to do. See your life and see yourself. See your world. And he says, but you got to reverence him. Fear him first. Psalm 89.7 says this. In the counsel of the holy ones, God is what? Not just feared. Greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. WHETHER THAT IS THE HOST IN HEAVEN OR THAT IS THOSE ON THIS EARTH. NOW, THERE'S SOMETHING THEN, IF THIS IS WHAT WE WANT TO RESTORE, THIS the SENSE OF REVERENT uh, uh, KIND OF HONOR OF GOD, the, 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 THE HOLY FEAR OF GOD. NOT A SPIRIT OF FEAR, NOT A SPIRIT OF GUILT, NOT A SPIRIT OF SHAME, NOT A SPIRIT OF JUDGMENT, BUT UNDERSTANDING A REVERENCE FOR GOD is an important thing because God is attracted by those who have godly fear of him. And God is attracted by those who have a, a godly fear of him. Now, I know um, when we talk about that, that, that sometimes it's an unsettling thing that we people used to say that, oh, these are great God-fearing people. You guys ever heard that sermon? They're just great God-fearing people. We tend not to use that today. Why? Because we think fear is all bad, right? That all fear is toxic. Not all fear is toxic. Fear of the Lord is a healthy fear. And all of us ought to understand that. But sometimes the reason why we also talk about God is attracted to people who have the fear of the Lord. Because that where God is attracted to something, His presence is more fully known. His presence is more fully known. Now, I know that... um, some people when, I, when we talk like this, that the, the presence of God to be more fully known or the, that, that we wanna welcome God into this place. There's some people that they have a little theological problem with that because they say that God is present everywhere at all time. They call the omnipresence um, of God. And that is true that God is present at all places at all times. That is true. But there are times when God will show himself and people can experience his presence in a different way than just the omnipresence of God, right? And that you can experience it personally. Jesus said it like this, that, that sometimes theologians call this manifest presence. He says this in John fourteen 21. Let's read what it says. Whoever has my commands, John 14:21 Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. In other words, he's saying, what? But earlier we talked about fear God and keep his commands. And so he says this, whoever has my commands and keeps them, right? The one who honors me, the one who reveres me, the one who fears me. He says, the one who loves me will be loved by my father. But what else? He says, I too will love them, but I'm going to show myself. I'm going I'm to let you experience my presence more. Amen. And that he's going to manifest his presence. It's clear from the Scriptures, whether it's in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, that sometimes God wants to show Himself. Now, it's true that God is every place always, right? So like with Psalm 139, when it says, hey, where can I go from your presence? Or, you know, I I could go to the remotest, farthest sea. I could go to Fiji. I could could go beyond Fiji. I could go to New Zealand or wherever. I go around the world. And could I run away from your presence? Obviously not. He says, but sometimes you can feel all alone in those places. Sometimes you can feel all alone here, right? And, and so it's in those moments that we don't experience God. You know that there are moments where you don't experience God, that he talks about that. Because yes, God is close, but God, God says this, I'm also the God who's far away. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but in, in Jeremiah 23, 23, he says this, am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I am far away at the same time. <laughs> now, some people might be wondering, well, what does that even mean? And theologians talk about two things, aspect, and it's a continuum. It, the nearness of God is called the imminence of God. And the fact that God is beyond everything that you're experiencing, beyond your life, beyond all the problems and, and concerns that you have, beyond all the dreams that you have, that God is above all that or transcendent, that there is both a transcendence of God and an imminence of God. But what happens is that when we have the fear of the Lord, the, a holy fear of God, he says this, It's a precursor to God revealing himself in greater ways. And we even see this in the New Testament. And uh, one of the, I think, the greatest things that we see in the New Testament was the birth of the church. Uh, We see this happening in in actually Acts chapter one when the, uh, Acts chapter two, when the spirit of God falls on the believers who are praying and, at, at Pentecost. And it's at that point that the church is birthed, they, they go out into the community, they preach the gospel, and, and, and it says that thousands of people came, came to faith and um, for us, you know, like last week was a, an exciting time to, to be out in Ho'okele and the start of a new season uh, in the church. Because, and you could feel it, it was tangible in the room, that there was a sense of expectation, there was a sense of, of just gratitude, there was a sense of joy, and it was a great sense about that. But this is what it says in Acts 42, uh, 2, 42. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And then it says this in verse 43. Let's read what it says. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And you know where it says a deep sense of awe came over them? It actually uses the word phobos, where we get the word fear, where you get the word phobia. And he says a deep sense of fear, because what was that fear? The fear was a reverence for God, that man, God is doing something, that God's presence is here people are being changed, people are encountering them. And then what happened? There was a manifest presence of God so that they performed many miracles, many signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. And so we see this concept then, it's, it's not an Old Testament concept of the fear of the Lord, it's, it's a biblical concept. It, it's a principle for the people of God to understand that the awe of God was not an Old Testament thing. It's, 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 a, it's a God people thing. So I, I just wanna bring one thing before you maybe that, that can be helpful uh, for us to restore our awe of God. And it's simply this, that before you, you bring yourself before God, before you ask for something, before you worship, Just remember who you're talking to. Just remember who you're talking to. You know, I've been in places where um, you guys ever try to talk, maybe whether in this kind of a setting where you have to present something, but nobody's listening, you know? I've done, uh, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of weddings. But you know what was harder than doing a wedding once was being the MC at the wedding. You know, I, I've been, there people say, oh, Pastor Glenn, we'd love for you to do, be the MC for the wedding, too. And I was thinking, uh, I, I didn't do that wedding. He said, would you be the MC? And I, I did that, too. And you, you want to try to be funny. You want to try to be uh, all this. But it's like, you know, when people are eating and you're doing all this stuff and you're trying to bring up some kind of a part of the program, it's like nobody's paying attention. You guys know what I'm talking about? Right? There's just all the side conversations, and you hear the clinking and clanking of all the stuff, and, and nobody's paying attention. What do you feel like at that moment? Do you want to talk at that moment, or do you, you just want to say, like, I, well, how would you respond to that in that kind of a moment? I've been in that moment. You know what I did? I said, I, I need 10 people, because there was a lot of people, I need 10 people to go at the counter tree to go, shh. Okay, one, two, three, and I said, you guys go, shh. And then everybody went, shh, and then everybody stopped. Right? And then they looked at me and I said, now you guys going to listen. No, I didn't say that, but, but here's the thing is that, you know, just because like nobody wants to talk when nobody's paying attention, would you know God is the same way? That when nobody's paying attention, right, that, that we can sing songs, right? But that's what we did. We sang songs. But when we're looking for God, we're honoring Him, revering Him. God, then, then all of a sudden, singing is one of the most powerful things because we're bringing ourselves before the presence of God. Now, when we pray, you guys ever pray that you don't even remember what you talked about, right? And, or like, have you been like me that, that you pray late at night and the next thing you know, there's like a drool pool of drool on the side that you fell asleep as you started praying. Like if somebody was talking to you and you're, you know, you're talking to them and then the next thing you're pouring out your heart and then you hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of makes you not really want to say anything, right? So this is why God says, honor me, honor me, revere me, remember who you're talking to. And who are we talking to? Remember, we just read that Hebrews 12, 28. But it continues on. There's another verse after that. But uh, Hebrews 12, 28 says this. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. But what's the second half of that sentence? Let's read that. For our God is a consuming fire. This is New Testament. And we, what is it saying? In some sense, it's reminding us way back to when Moses encountered God on the mountain in Sinai. And as a shepherd walking around, as a guy who thought his life was over, he saw a fire burning in a bush, but the bush wasn't getting burned up. And, and he thought, that this is weird. Then he heard a voice. You guys remember what that voice said? Take off what? Take off your shoes because the place where you're standing is holy ground. Don't treat this place that where you're standing as common. In my presence, this is not a common thing. That, that, that our God is a consuming fire, he says. And that it's the same God. We sing that song. Saying that, I love that song. That he's the same God that you read in here is the same God that we're calling to. And so he says, treat me with reverence and awe. Why? Because one, he's due, that's what he's worthy of, but then this is what he's saying. Then you know who you're talking to. Does it mean that that We ought to just pray like this, oh, great and mighty and horrible or terrible, uh, fire, God of fire, I am nothing before you. Is that what he's saying, how to pray? No, I I don't think that's what it means to, to have the holy fear of God. Although I can understand there could be great reverence in that. When Jesus told us to pray, how did he teach us to pray? He he taught us to call Him Father, right? And Matthew 6, 9, He says this, what? Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may Your name be kept holy. Now, for some of us, I I know that praying to God like a father can be difficult because of your relationship with your dad, for some of us, right? I, I had a hard time relating to God as father. I related to Jesus when I first became a believer because I could understand Jesus. I could see Jesus in the scriptures. I could hear his voice. But sometimes I just kind of felt I couldn't relate to God as father because to be honest, my dad didn't really talk a whole lot. He wasn't always available. He wasn't always around. And so if you have a hard time with that that aspect relating to God as a father because he seems maybe a little distant or preoccupied. This is not what God is saying, that God is not the distant and preoccupied Father. Now, thankfully, my relationship with my dad changed, and thankfully, I changed (laughs) as a believer. And and so it's very easy now for me to pray uh, to God as Father, but he's saying this, yes, that we connect to him relationally right? We give him the highest honor. We, we say, pray, let our Father where, in heaven. May your name be kept holy. And what does that mean to keep God's name holy? It's to remember that God is different than us. That God is just above everything. That God, that the Father that we pray to it, it, it is a, a mighty God. He is above all things. He's, he's pure. He's He's powerful, he's, he, he's wise, He knows all things, He's in all places, at all times, but God says this, I want you to connect to Me relationally, that, that when He says, Father, it doesn't mean that Father, like, like in the old days, if you ever watch a movie, yes, Father, and then kind of have to stand at attention. Most of us, that most of my friends that I've known, whether they're young like my kid's age or whether they're older than me, most of us never grew up calling our dad father. We grew up calling our dad what? Probably dad, right? So, you know, different cultures maybe have different words, you know, pop or whatever, different kinds of things. Uh, Sometimes daddy, right, when you're really young. The word that Jesus uses is not the word for father like a title like this is your role this is your mantle you're a father now that's not the word he uses he uses the word for papa for dad for daddy the word abba if you think of that word abba it's like the first words that a child might mouth that when he's born right and so Unfortunately, ladies, sometimes the first word out of the baby's mouth wasn't mom. <laughs> it's a ba. A, a and that's what he's saying. Relate to me like you're a child and I'm your dad. And I, I, I can pick you up, I can carry you. Yes, I can do all of those things. But your dad is the king of the universe. He said. Everlasting God he's the mighty one that all the ha- angels in heaven bow and bring honor and glory to his name he's saying that that's that's your dad that's your dad that's your that's your father and so we revere him and so it invites us to elevate us because he's saying this that's who your dad is and that his blood runs through you. He chose you to be part of that family. He wants you to be part of that family. He wants you to be, come under His covering. He wants you to experience all that He has for you. But you've got to know who you're coming to. Because God is, is God kind and gentle like Jesus did where He said that he, he, uh, like a bruised reed, he won't uh, break. You know, that if something's already bent and bruised, he says that Jesus is not going to just break it in half. He says if you have a, if you feel like your faith sometimes is like a little kind of ember, just a burning ember, just a little bit of whiff of smoke is coming up. He doesn't just go like, oh, I just might as well turn this off. That, that's not how he says. That's, Jesus is very kind, and we see that at times. But how else do we see him? Sometimes he turned over the tables, right? Sometimes he, he called people broods of vipers and snakes because they had zero reverence for him. And so here's the thing he's saying. Understand, yes, there is the kindness and the intimacy of God, but understand that he's... He's the mighty God. He's the holy God. But in Christ Jesus, we come through him. So next time, I, my challenge to you is this. Next time you come together and, and you want to worship, next time you, you pray, before you even pray, it's not about your words, by the way. It's not about all your words. Just, just start thinking about who it is that you're praying to. The, the image that you have of God. Would you just tell yourself, remind yourself the truth about who God is? They got I, I, you know, as you come into to him and say, God, I, I'm thankful that you're the God who consumed all the f- sacrifice and the rocks in fire. You're the God who, who brought kind of a flood on the earth. You're the God who met Moses on the mountain in fire. You're the God who at the same time came and touched a leper when he extended his hand like he touched me. And God, you're, there's nobody like you. Nobody can touch me like you. Nobody could lead me like you. Nobody could have forgiven me like you. Nobody could could guide me like you. Just before you pray, that's it, that's all you do. You start remembering who you're talking to, who we're praying to. And you know, the same thing happens, to be honest, We're gonna take a look at this passage in Acts a little bit more over the coming weeks as well. Because to be honest, so often, you know why teaching is important. You know why they got together, it says, in fellowship, and they did all these things. It's not that you just, you need more teaching. This is what they were doing. They were looking for God in the teaching. And when they fellowshipped, they were looking for God in the fellowship. And when they ate together and they, they they shared their lives together, they were looking for God in the in the fellowship. And so it's just remembering who we're coming to. So often changes that fact. There's time to play and time to, to just hang out and laugh and do all that. And, and then there's this time when we come. It's, IT'S LIKE IT'S A HOLY TIME before A HOLY GOD, A REVERENT TIME. DOES THAT MAKE SENSE? BECAUSE HE SAYS IT'S IN THAT MOMENT THAT THE ANGEL OF THE LORD ENCAMPS AROUND THOSE THAT FEAR HIM. IF YOU WANT TO HAVE GOD'S ANGELIC HOST FILL YOUR HOME, FEAR THE LORD. IT SAYS THAT to the person who hides himself, we talked about in the secret place that he's protected by. It says disease and pestilence. And all these things, to be honest, were kind of gods of the surrounding nations. And he says that if you want to be protected and you want that covering over you, that, that even though cr- life is crazy outside, but nothing that you're protected, he says this, you got to remember who you're hiding yourself in. And so, there's length of days, productivity of days, joy in life. There's a sense of change that happens in us and producing holiness in our lives. That As we mature and grow, it says, oh, we find these things when there's fear of the Lord. And I, I love what... Joy Dawson, the author, conference speaker, said this, When we see him face to face, one day, when we see God face to face in all his awesome holiness and blazing glory, it will seem incredible to us that we ever had a casual thought (laughs) in relation to him. Because one day we'll see him for who he is. We're thankful that he covers us in Jesus. But the God of the, the Bible, the whole Bible, is the God that we serve. Let's just remember that. That makes sense? Let's bow our heads. We'll close in a word of prayer. And before we even pray, would you remember that who you're, who you're talking to. And if you're like me that sometimes maybe I forgot and I just rattle off my list to God or I just sing a song and think God is pleased with my song or, and I'm not remembering who I'm singing to and I'm not remembering who I'm praying to or, or sometimes I worry and I, I feel like God, I don't know if you can hear me or that, you know, I don't know if you're big enough to, to handle my problems. And just remember that God's way bigger than all your problems. He's way bigger than all the challenges that you face. He's, he's way bigger than all your weaknesses. Sometimes you think the weakness is you. The problem, some of us, there's somebody here that you feel like you're the problem. You're the problem. This is what God says. I'm bigger then the obstacle in you, what you think is the problem. I died for you. You're you're clean because I died for you. Because I washed you. You're my child. But he's just saying this. Remember your dad. Remember your dad who treats you kindly is also fire. The one who split the seas. The one who poured out his spirit. And he says he wants to pour out his spirit on you. And if in that moment maybe you say that sometimes, Lord, I've taken you so casually. Sometimes I I take our gatherings sometimes so casually. Sometimes I think in terms of the things that you've said to me, I want to pick and choose versus obeying you. Maybe it's in those things that we confess to him. and We say, God, I want to change. Would you change my heart? God, I'm changing my heart today. Father, I thank you you say these things not because you want to PUT US IN OUR PLACE, BUT IT'S BECAUSE WHEN WE FEAR YOU, THEN WE CAN REALLY SEE YOU. WHEN WE HAVE THE FEAR AND THE REVERENCE AND THE HONOR OF THE LORD, THEN WE CAN REALLY SENSE YOUR PRESENCE, BECAUSE YOU REVEAL YOURSELF. GOD, WOULD YOU REVEAL YOURSELF RIGHT NOW TO YOUR PEOPLE WHO ARE REVERENCING YOU, WHO ARE IN awe? Lord, that sometimes we're turning away from some of those things that we just think that that, that you owe us, Lord, you owe us nothing. But thank you that you give us everything. Father, we're so grateful to be your sons, to be your daughter. And Father, I thank you that when when we... recognize and we turn away from those things, Lord, would there just be a wave of refreshment over your people? Father, would there be a, a covering over them to just bring life again? Because it's not about just us trying harder, it's not about us just doing the right thing, it's Lord, would you empower us by your Spirit today? Would you fill us, Lord, with your Spirit today? The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit who who showed Himself in fire, Lord, that would You fill us today. That's our God. Thank You, Lord Jesus. And if you know you've never said yes to God because you always thought like, I'm good, <laughs> you know I. I, I, I that's okay. I, there's some people who have kind of thought like that. Maybe you thought like that. Maybe somebody's watching right now that you thought like, hey, when I'm on my deathbed, when I'm old, I'll give my heart to God. God's saying, this, no, today's the day. If that's you today and you've, you're saying, God, I, I recognize if this is the God who sent Jesus on the cross, if this is the God who loves me, this is the God who's calling me, who wants to be kind to me? I need that kind of kindness because one day we'll all stand account before Him. Look, one day we'll all stand for our lives before Him, and if you recognize you need grace, you need His mercy. That's why Jesus came. And if that's you, would you just pray a very simple prayer? Pray a very simple prayer. God, thank you that you who are mighty would care about me. You who created all things value me as your creation. So, Lord, I want to respond to you today. Would you come live inside me today? Thank you that Jesus died in my place. AND BECAUSE OF THAT, LORD, I'M NOT GOING TO BE ALONE, BECAUSE YOU'RE GOING TO BE WITH ME ALWAYS. I RECEIVE YOU, BECAUSE I NEED YOU TODAY. THANK YOU FOR YOUR KINDNESS. THANK YOU FOR YOUR MERCY. THANK YOU FOR CHOOSING ME. WOULD YOU HELP ME TO GROW SO I CAN KNOW YOU MORE? OPEN YOUR WORDS SO I CAN UNDERSTAND. AND WOULD YOU BRING PEOPLE ALONG MY WAY TO HELP ME IN THE PATH Help me in this journey of faith. And would you help me to, to become all you want me to be, all you creating me to be, as your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, can we say congratulations to so those who prayed? But that's where refreshment comes from, restoring. It's remembering the awe of God. Hey, God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in to the New Hope Kapolei Messages Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this weekend's message and that it brought you inspiration and encouragement in your journey of faith. If you'd like to listen to more messages or stay connected with us, visit our website at newhopekapolei.org or follow us on social media. Remember, no matter where you are in life, there is always hope and a new beginning in Christ. So let's continue to grow and learn together as we pursue a life of purpose and impact. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Aloha and God bless.